Time for From the Bench with Ditch, a special edition Bulldog Valley. A recap of last week's Highland game, Valley Conference recap, and a look ahead to this weekend's games. Welcome to From the Bench with Ditch, Denny Rittenhouse, your host, and uh, we're kicking off a new feature on the bench this week with a Bulldog Valley recap, and um, it's going to be myself and our broadcast partner, Rodney Knackstead, and uh, Rodney, we're going to sit around and review the Highlands uh, previous game and kind of preview the upcoming as well as some Valley Conference action um, as well, and then anything else uh, prep football related that we feel like throwing in the mix, so... So uh, thanks for coming in, and uh, we'll kick things off with uh, with Highland, and, and uh, let's talk about Friday night. Uh, a great atmosphere out there at uh, Bulldog Stadium once again to kick off the season, and always fun to get it off uh, with a win. Yeah, and uh, you're right. The, the, the stands were packed, the sidelines full, and uh, what a game they got to see, uh, Denny. It... it uh, Nobody knew what to expect coming in, and I'm not sure we still have a full understanding, but at least we know they are definitely going to be uh, a very competitive team. Yeah, absolutely, and um, we're starting to get some answers already after week one. We talked about it in our pregame the other night. Um, that They've got a lot of answers to, to a lot of questions coming in on on what they lost to the senior class that departed last year, especially offensively. And um, uh, they did a tremendous job of uh, answering them uh, questions in week one against a pretty good central defense uh, expected to be their, their strong point on, on this upcoming season. But Highland uh, did a good job controlling that line of scrimmage. Uh, they did, and I think that was uh, one of uh, Coach Warnicke's biggest uh areas to address was the front line he never lost his entire line before did this year moved packet from well going both ways now and uh but the whole line did a great job all night they did and they ran off packet he's in there at left tackle big kid 285 6'3 and uh, uh they controlled the line of scrimmage and, and uh, a lot with him. And then uh, Ethan Greenwald at fullback um, um, leading the way on most of the carries uh, for, for the Highland backfield. Uh, he did a great job. Uh, Trent Rakers did a great job. And as we had mentioned in the pregame, you know, at the quarterback position with uh, Jelly, uh, what a great game. Yeah. He had, you mentioned it many times during our game, uh, such composure that he had back there and uh we really weren't sure what to expect him being a sophomore thrown into being the quarterback uh he did a great job he did he really did and his composure as much as anything is what impressed me and especially uh if if you look at the one negative highland had it was a uh, number of penalties that that um um, they had, and most of those came on the offensive side, and most of them were motion penalties, uh, right? Uh, yes. They're just yes. mixing that, moving guys here and there, all around, and uh, uh, it, it took some used to uh, getting getting used to. It took a little time, and um, I was uh, impressed with the composure that, that Jelly and the entire offense really. Um, showed after each penalty. It's like they didn't get dejected like, oh, this is a rally killer. They just 
you know, said, okay. We got you know, five extra I, yards to pick up or yeah, ten extra yards to pick nine up. Nine instead of four, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, uh, they just went whole hum about their business, and so so that was good. And uh, a jelly um, with that play option, um, pass option uh, offense that they run, uh, he made the right decision um, uh, most times. Uh, he Jim, did. Jimmy was quick to point out in his postgame interview that, that the one pass play, the interception, uh, uh, he's like, that was about the only poor decision that he made, and even that turned out to be like a punt. It did, uh, and and, uh, and I'm sure what Jimmy meant by that was uh, the receiver was well covered. It wasn't a bad, bad throw. It would have been online. It's just that he was well covered. And, and double covered. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, so, so he kind of threw into the double coverage and uh, thought that that was the one time he thought Blake um, uh, should have just tucked it away and, and, and gone. But um, he'll take that every week if that's uh, exactly you know that decision making we saw the other night happens uh, all season long. We'll be in good shape. Uh, um, yeah, and but you mentioned it. We had 13 penalties for 96 yards. That's a lot of yards they had to remake up. Yeah. And they did, for the most part. I, I don't remember a penalty ever really killing uh, one of our rallies. Right, right. And uh, they mixed it up. Uh, you know, I thought we were in for a heavy dose of uh, Beetle and, and Hunter Fry being the two seniors uh, leading that backfield. But uh, uh, Blake Jelly himself, 24 carries. He goes over 100 yards, uh, 102 yards on rushing. And uh, also um, 180-something in, in, in the air, 100 um, 180 in the air with the the one interception, so almost 300 yards of offense from the sophomore in his inaugural game. Uh, yeah, he did awesome. Uh, we had the drive we called the uh, Nemo drive because uh, how well he did. Uh, I don't know what they have on there. We knew he had three carries. I don't know if that's been adjusted and it's still two, but it doesn't matter. Uh, he ran really well, and uh, we noticed last year his speed. Well, that was very evident again yeah, uh, this it, year. It was, and, and, and I'm glad you mentioned the, the Nimmo drive. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Highland had jumped out to a 21 nothing lead there in the first quarter, and they were about to blow the doors open on, on the Cougars. And, and Central uh, exploits Highland's defense, a breakdown in the secondary, and get the big touchdown pass, which – can be, you know how huge momentum is in a football game. Especially, Especially high school. Young kids in high school, absolutely. So Central gets a much-needed touchdown, make it 21-7, back in the game. Jimmy always said, you get three scores up, you start feeling pretty good. Um, they're three scores up early, and so Central cut that off um, um, with that touchdown, but they come right back with uh, the Nimmo drive. Yes. And that was just simply two carries to Jack Nimmo. And, uh, a one, touchdown. One bus for 62 yards, I think, and the other, the, the touchdown that he scampers in from a couple yards out. And uh, that put Highland back in control, and they were never really pushed the rest of the game. They weren't. And uh, to go back to the penalty and not hurting them, uh, you know, we lost two touchdowns to penalties but turned right around and scored anyway. They didn't let it bother them. They kept their composure, the entire team. And, uh, you know, let's not forget to mention the defense. Uh, They did a great job. We didn't put a lot of pressure on the quarterback all night, but he didn't really do a drop back to throw to where you could either. Right, Uh, only a couple times. Yeah, uh, most of the time he'd be rolling out if he threw or doing an option like we did. Right. 
so uh, our, our defense was outstanding and uh, giving up only 14 points and really only one bad play on the defense and uh, obviously confusion back there uh, who had coverage deep and who didn't yeah yeah and, uh, um, they didn't give up much on the ground uh, central had a hard time uh, finding some holes and so so Hilo did a good job of clogging the holes there and, and taking that ground game away from central um, Brian Sharp tried to mix things up switch quarterbacks at halftime he uh, add away in the first half and goes with um, Baker, I think it was in the second half. Sounds right. And uh, uh, I, I didn't. I should have brought all of my paperwork, oh, and okay. I did well, not. This is a work in progress, uh, folks, and so so we'll uh, recall as much as a, a couple guys our age. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'll try to get it right and, and be specific for you as we we go along. So so next week Highland uh, has another first time ever meeting. Before we do that, I want to talk about Central uh, one more time here. And uh, uh, they move on next week to the Milk Bowl, which is uh, a big a, deal a for them. game in Clinton County. And uh, they, they have a tough one because Modern Day came away with a week one victory against Columbia on uh, Saturday. And we know Columbia in the past, I don't know what they're like this year, but I know in the past uh, we have played them in the playoffs, and they were a tough team. Yeah, they're a they're, they're pretty, pretty good program uh, uh, down there, always in contention in the Cahokia Conference with the Cougars. So, so that's who uh, Central has modern day. We went to Columbia and got the victory uh, next week. Um, the thing I, one else I wanted to mention was the, the heat factor on, on Friday night and, and the uh, controversy, small controversy, I think. I think by the time the game kicked off, everybody forgot about it. But, Correct. Um, the game being either pushed back to 8 o'clock, which it was, or to be rescheduled to Saturday morning or, or Saturday evening. I think it turns out in, in hindsight, and this is easy from, from uh, a Monday perspective, they made the right decision because it was nasty Saturday morning and, and Saturday afternoon around here with the heavy rains. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, once that sun went down, it really wasn't horrible out there. Uh, you mentioned it during the game. Uh, we didn't see any cramping up until the second half, which we expected earlier. And even then, it was like one guy from Highland and it was the same guy from uh, yeah. uh, Central both times. Uh, so... Yeah, it ended up not being any kind of a factor, I don't believe. I, I, the only thing um, um, perhaps uh, Brian Short might uh, argue with is I, I did think Central looked a little more sluggish than Highland. Now, that could have been a, a result of Highland's quickness. Uh, they, they looked to be a very quick team, both uh, not, not just in the, in the skill positions, but the, their line and linebackers were getting to the ball. Um, quickly at, at ease and, and so I thought Central might have looked a little sluggish and, and maybe not as a uh, um, ready I'd, I'd hate to see it say in shape but but Highland looked better conditioned overall and it could have been a heat factor um, impacting Central a little bit but uh, they, they seemed a little bit outmatched um, on, on each phase the line the linebackers secondary offense um, so so all around not by much but I thought the edge was there for Highland well and the, and the other difference it made was the length of the game because for player safety we had at least four and I it could have been five uh, water breaks 
for them to get hydrated or stay hydrated. And so uh, the game started at 8, and we weren't out of there till 11.15. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and also first game for the referees, and, and they had a couple situations where I never did find out what the punt – uh, call was where Highland fumbled a punt and uh, they they conferred for minutes on, on what to do. What I heard on that was the ruling was there was not a clear recovery so there was a scrum and we ended up getting the ball after the scrum so their guy also did not have total control but the one official uh, blew his whistle too early. By him blowing his whistle too early after they got their they all talked, that's why they did a redo. Yeah. That was the explanation that I received. And that's kind of what we speculated on yes. the Duke was, was uh, uh, exactly that. And so, uh, But that took some time, and there was a couple of other conferences uh, among the officials that, that uh, delayed things a little. But then, uh, that should smooth out as uh, the season goes along. I, you know, I thought the uh, officials did a good job. I thought they were uh, – it was a fairly officiated game. Yes, Highland had more penalties – but like you said, a lot of them were more. You could, we could see them. We yeah. knew they happened. Yeah. Uh, the holdings you don't always see, but we saw a couple of them out of the three. Right. And uh, you know, uh, when you see a jersey being pulled, you got to throw the flag. Yeah. And so, so uh, all in all, a good night for Highland. Um, they'll go on the road next week against another first-time opponent, uh, Mohammed Seymour, another Bulldogs. Highland plays. Three different bulldogs this year, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so we gotta we gotta maybe say Highland uh, specific when we're talking about them because they also have Waterloo and Saint Teresa uh, coming up, both bulldogs as well. So yeah, uh, Seymour uh, took it on the chin last week a little bit. Um, uh, Twenty to fourteen, they lose to Morton team uh, you and you and Mike saw in the postseason a couple years ago yes yes and uh Martin uh, when we saw him they had a back that was just literally unstoppable yeah. uh, he just he reminded me of when Billy Greenwald uh, was the back for the Bulldogs and could just literally carry four people and then break free and just keep running I can't remember his name, Gantz or something like that. Uh, he's, he's up at Western Illinois right now. Okay. And, uh, but, yeah, he was. And I, I was looking at the stats of that game, and uh, Morton still has a running game. They, they put up nearly 400 yards on the ground against uh, Muhammad, and so Highland made me watching that game film pretty closely to see what they might be potentially able to exploit in Highland's quickness. If they can find a hole, um, it could be, could be a big night on the ground for Highland. And uh, we know that uh, Highland uh, always seems to have a very sound game plan, you know, going in. And uh, that goes back to what you talked about in our pregame uh, Friday uh, with, with Central and with Highland. They're consistently good. The coaches have been there a while. Their coaches are ready. They, they do their homework for the team they're going to play. Well, they, one thing Jimmy mentioned to me Friday was uh, the concern of putting off the game to Saturday. He, he said 
that's impactful, not just for, for that game, but for the next week's game because he's got that tight a schedule as what he does on a Saturday and a Sunday and a Monday. And if you push all that back, um, you got to squeeze it in somewhere and it, that becomes disruptive. And so, and, and he was quick to point out it's different in the postseason because you're playing Saturday to Saturday, not Saturday to Friday. Right. And so, so he, he was adamant about staying within the IHSA guidelines on um, the heat and if if it's possible to play Friday he was going to play Friday and so it worked out that way and uh, I'm sure he's happy for it. So Muhammad um, loses their first game and Highland will go up there to take them on and um, they they struggled on the ground. They threw it in the air uh, a little bit more, but um, uh, the numbers weren't eye-popping, so I think they're still trying to figure out some answers themselves. They lost, uh, had a very good team last year, went two or three rounds in, deep into the playoffs and uh, uh, when they lost, but they lost a lot to graduation as well, and so I'm sure they're still uh, trying to figure some things out. Um, so 7.30, I think, is the kickoff time next week. It seems right. Yeah. It's like a two-hour drive or somewhere around there uh, from here. Yeah, Mojave, um, just a, a little northeast of Champaign, so up there in the Illini country, and uh, the long road trip in Highland has a, another one at the end of the season against Decatur, uh, also on the road. Um, when you look at the rest of the Valley, Rodney, um, some impressive, some struggling. Uh, one struggling, Jerseyville loses to Roxana, 27-0. Uh, and Jerseyville, they, they, uh, they, they showed spurts last year, but they also, you know, uh, I don't know how many they lost, you know, seniors. Yeah. Uh, Muscoota is going to be a big finished one. Finished five and zero oh last year, and um, or uh, four and five last year, and they they uh, take the shutout to Roxana, former Valley School, uh, right? Going years back now. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well when I was in school, we played them. Yeah, they were in our conference. I want to say it was the mid nineties. They uh, them and uh, uh, Wood River uh, stepped aside from the Valley. Yeah, that's another one I forgot about. Uh, we had an exciting football game there when I was in high school once. Yeah. We got escorted out by the police. Uh, yeah, we can talk about that some other time, but that was that was different. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into your high school career uh, here at Highland, I assume. Uh, yes, it was. I'm going to go out on a limb and say in the late 70s. Uh, you are correct yeah. again. I Well, mid to late 70s. I graduated in 78, so. Okay. And, uh, uh, we have our 45th reunion coming up yeah. this Saturday. <laughs> so, there you go. Or no, the 9th. I'm sorry, September 9th. And the uh, opponent for Jerseyville this week um, doesn't get any easier for him. The Freeburg Midgets will be their opponent. Freeburg was a uh, 28-20 road victory over Fairfield last week. And uh, so Jerseyville um, uh, has to figure something out offensively to uh, avoid no two start. Now, CM started the season the same way they started last season with a, a um, easy victory over Marquette, and uh, 42 nothing was the victory. And But uh, uh, Marquette hasn't won in the 20s, um, so, so you got to go back to the COVID year to find their last victory. They've been over 
two seasons in a row, and it's a struggling program, and one I think is this close to being uh, defunct as far as football goes, and we'll see if Alton's able to, if Marquette's able to recover from that. But but uh, CMD is still a win's a win, and and you, you look for confidence boosters for for schools that are struggling themselves, and uh, CM comes up with the uh, shutout victory. There. Uh, opponent next week is at Wood River we talked about. And, uh, Wood River lost also 42 to nothing in their game uh, to Gateway over the weekend. So CM against Wood River next week. And CM won their game first uh, last year, didn't win again the rest of the season. And uh, uh, they're likely going to have a tough battle this season as well. Yes, I would think so. Now the... Uh, um, Getting into the meat of the conference, Triad, a very impressive win um, against Mattoon, 56-20. Might have got a running clock late in the uh, fourth quarter uh, on that one, but uh, uh, they get five touchdowns from Colin Qualls, and uh, Ian Ackerman um, goes for over 300 yards total offense at at quarterback. So they filled their holes nicely, it appears, in in week one. And... and We've always said, uh, you know, when Triad and Highland play, uh, and I don't care what the sport is, you can throw records out, you can throw talent out. It's just an out, especially football, just an outright war, and you never know who's going to come out on top. And that's the uh, first coaching victory for former Highlander Chad Pottis. uh, Pottis is the nice name. Um, we'll get that uh, for sure for you. But uh, he coached under Jimmy in his first couple of years here and then uh, um, moved over to Triad with a teaching position and, and has been an assistant there. Gets his first victory in his first game. So uh, congratulations to him. They, they are uh, on the road next week against Mount Zion, who was a 42-6 winner over Bartonville Limestone, a playoff opponent of Highlands from years past. And... Um, impressive victory for Mount Zion, so it could be a little tougher next week. My tune went one and nine or one and eight last year. Um, looked to be struggling again. Highland will see them in two weeks, but uh, Mount Zion might give us a truer picture of um, what Tryon truly holds um, at, for the season ahead. Uh, Mascuda loses their first game. Belleville West takes them 33-28. Uh, so the Indians playing up into the Southwest Conference. And with the old Belleville schools, you never really know what you're getting year to year um, with them. And you so are West, right there. Yeah. Y- yes, and uh, they can be extremely tough. And uh, Jimmy has stated uh, he thinks Muscoota, you know, is the team for the conference uh, to beat. And so we'll see how that plays out. You know, non-conference losses don't hurt you as far as conference goes, but uh, they all add up when it comes time to your rankings in the playoffs. Yeah, it does. And so they lose their opener in a close one against the Maroons. Barrett Johnson is their quarterback this year. Um, 8 of 17 passing for 99 yards, um, but he did have two rushing touchdowns uh, for the Indians who will play Riverview Gardens at home next week. Uh, they were a winner in week one over U-City going across the river uh, for the opponent uh, are the Indians. Uh, the last team in the conference to talk about is uh, Waterloo, and they were in a shootout with the Mount Vernon Rams. 
uh, coming on the short end of a 55-41 to 41 game. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points, <laughs> uh, nearly 100. And uh, Waterloo comes on the short end, but um, they did have a lot of offense. Uh, Kelly Osteridge, 30 carries, uh, or um, not Kelly, Kobe. Uh, trying to read my own chicken scratch here. 30 <laughs> carries, 141 yards, and uh, uh, Derek Sales, 17 carries for 127 yards. So, uh, and uh, uh, Osteridge, the quarterback, also passed uh, a couple touchdown passes. So, uh, they'll host uh, Columbia next week, and that's a fierce battle. That's one of them uh, local rivalries, Highland Triad, Waterloo, Columbia, Central Modern Day. Uh, that that rivalry is right up there, so, so throw the record out. And, um, Columbia, as we mentioned, a 22-14 loser to modern day. But Waterloo will take them on uh, at home next week. But uh, a lot of offense there for the Bulldogs in a, a losing effort against a Mont Vernon program that it's on the rebound. They, they were down and out for, for quite a few years, but last year they, they found their way to the postseason. So Waterloo could present some uh, challenges uh, down the road for Highland. Uh, they're, they're usually always a pretty tough uh, match, uh, yes, there's been a blowout here or there, but uh, yeah. when you go down there or they come up here, it's always a very physical game against Waterloo. Dan Rose typically in, um, emphasizes defense, and, and Waterloo's always had a, a pretty pretty stingy defense. Now, obviously, giving up 55 points in your first game, um, they've got some issues on the defensive side of the ball this year, but Dan Rose usually uh, finds a way to, to figure it out defensively and, and uh, come up. And so that's what the Valley looks like. Um, the usual suspects, I guess, Rodney, after week one, Highland, Triad, and, and Mascuda, even though Mascuda lost, you, you take a look at the opponent. Correct. And uh, same with Waterloo. Um, you know, they, they lose, and those were the four playoffs teams from a year ago. They all suffered some um, graduation loss, and so... So it uh, looks like those will be the usual suspects again in the Valley. And, and it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a fun and uh, exciting and interesting uh, year for all these teams, as you stated. And as they all get their feet wet, figure out what works, what doesn't work with their new players, uh, you know, a good coach, you adjust to your players. Yeah. And as long as you do that, you can make them successful. Well, that, that's one thing Jimmy Warnicke has always been, I, I think, as good at or better than anybody at the high school level that I've seen in the last uh, 15, 20, 30 years I've been doing this, is, is adjusting his style to the talent he has on the roster. And if, uh, if that says, let's run, 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 he will run, run, run. If that says pass, 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 uh, it, it's pass, pass, pass. If it says, mix it up, boys, we can do it all, he'll do that too. So. Uh, last year was a good example of that. Um, teams coming in to, to play against Highland last year, uh, they couldn't key on any one individual. And from what we saw Friday night, it's kind of going to be the same way. They used a lot of different people. Uh, maybe some only got uh, two or three carries or one or two carries, but it's still a different person and they were all successful so when you can't key on one person as a defense uh, it makes it a lot tougher yeah and, uh, jimmy talked about that a little bit um after the game but but to, to your point rodney uh, um, highland carried yeah dylan beetle under fry blake jelly phoenix lewis jack nemo and taylor rockers 
all getting multiple carries and all four or more carries. And then you look at the receiving and Hunter Fry and Dylan Beadle are in the mix on that too. So, yep. so not only do you have to weigh me read the fake and Jelly did a great job of disguising um, where that ball was going um, and when it's all cluttered in the backfield there um, I know I called the wrong number several times and, and well, thinking, he, thinking I knew who had the ball and I didn't know who had the ball and so, so well, he, he Rebels had, was good at that last year too which and if you're not good at that and the defense can see what's coming yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, and then, then you got to rely on skill itself, and, uh, and typically you need a little more help than just your skill to survive in football. So, well, and we'll probably see a little more of Hunter Fry than we did. You mentioned, and I did not know this pregame. None of the coaches mentioned it to me. You know that he was not a hundred percent physically, and uh, even though he wasn't a hundred percent, he was still able to contribute. Well, in the passing game, he, he went over 100 yards. He had four catches for 127 yards. And he had the one big one. I remember that one. Yeah. It just stands out. Um, but uh, to fun. do that when you're not 100% in football ball, is good. Yeah, you get the ball in Hunter Fry or Dylan Beatles' hands in the passing game. Uh, what they can do in the open field is uh, could be a lot of fun all season long. And, and so uh, um, Jelly did a good job. Uh, both of them had four catches. Um, on, on Friday night, and so, um, but the the other the only other reception went to Nick Judge, and I think he was playing tight end. Yes, um, yes, and, he was. So, uh, um, still searching for some wide receiver um, play. Part of that's probably the control what what um, Jelly has to do in in reading a defense, because that's the toughest thing for for those young quarterbacks. Is let's get let's make it a a as mistake-free as we can before we start expanding. And, and, and I think that's what's going on after week one, is it? And Mike and I, when we were broadcasting, we got to witness that same thing, that he did the same thing with Brent Weevils. Uh-huh. And like you said, eventually we saw how it expanded and opened up. Right. And uh, until you see the defenses coming at you, I don't care how you practice. Right. you got to be out there and see that stuff. Yeah, and, and nothing beats game experience, and that's what Blake Jelly got. And uh, uh, one thing I want to do is, is offer a player of the week on our, our program here each week, and I think it's a no-brainer in week one um, to go with Blake Jelly. And, and uh, you know, nearly 300 yards offense in your first start as a quarterback um, as, as a sophomore um, just uh, jumped out at me in, in week one. I, no, I totally agree. Uh, the whole package with him, uh, like you said, there was only a couple of poor decisions. Uh, the pass one and maybe one or two others on whether he kept it or didn't. But the rest of the time, he was spot on on the read, get rid of it, keep it. Uh, that decision-making, the composure, the penalties not seeming to fluster him or anybody on that offensive line or offense period. Yeah, not that we'll uh, dole out the game ball to uh, uh, the quarterback every week. There were some other outstanding performances the other night. Uh, when you think about Jack Nemo um, and the spark he gave the offense uh, each time he touched the ball, Chase Paquette doing a spectacular job moving across the line of scrimmage uh, and, and establishing the, um, the line play for the evening for the Bulldogs on both sides of the ball. Ethan Greenwald, I thought, had a, a solid game. Uh, both both sides of the ball, uh, so so 
there's a plenty of plenty of uh, accolades to go around, and I just thought the sophomore uh, jelly jumped out at me a little bit more. And uh, but we'll, we'll recognize some of the other players that, that maybe not always get the spotlight, and uh, we'll try to do that as the season goes along. Well, and like you said, uh, playing both sides of the ball on the line. I don't know if people realize just how physical and how much, you know, you got to get that push every time. And uh, Packett didn't come out yeah. very many times. Uh, they, they gave him a couple of breathers, but uh, uh, he was out yeah. there a lot. And uh, we've got to get to know some of these other linemen because they all did a great job. Tried to get a few names called during the game. Right, right. Um, And as you said, as we get to uh, know all the players better and don't have to try to look down at the score sheet first and all that, uh, people are going to hear a lot of different names out there this year. All right, Rodney, uh, a lot of fun to kick off uh, the Valley Show, the Bulldog Valley uh, Football Show. We'll come up with a catchy name of this. Uh, <laughs> I'll throw it out there on the uh, on the bench. You can find From the Bench with Dench on all your streaming uh, services, uh, Spotify, Amazon, Music, Apple Music, um, TuneIn Radio, wherever you get your streaming, just search From the Bench with Dench. You'll get past episodes, and then you can find this weekly episode. But as a bonus to that, uh, Dennis Warfler will be running this program on Bulldog Radio, Highland.com. Um, I think throughout the week, but uh, uh, we'll work something out with Dennis to uh, uh, get a set schedule so you can uh, tune in and get your high school football fix um, every week with us on uh, BulldogRadio.com or from the bench with Dent. Rodney, thanks a lot. A lot of fun. We'll do it again uh, Friday night and then next week. Sounds good to me. And, uh, yes, uh, I thought uh, our first uh, night together went really well. And uh, just like Mike, you're easy to feed off of. And, uh uh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully the fun continues with the wins as Highland came away with the 35-14 win over Breeze Central. But uh, until then, we'll see you from Muhammad Seymour Friday night and from the bench next week. Good day. This has been From the Bench with Ditch, Bulldog Valley. Hope you enjoyed it. Tune in each week and all season long.